Makar Guru, Season 11, Episode 8. Hello, folks. Welcome to My Car Guru. I'm Lenny Lawson, the car guru and the guy that you want to know if you have a question about a car, about what to buy, um, what, how to get it serviced when you can't seem to get any satisfaction. You know, that happens sometimes. That happened to one of my customers the other day. Hate to admit it, but, you know, that's one of the things about this radio show. I'm, I promised a long time ago that when I goofed, I was going to broadcast it so that uh, people would understand that even gurus make mistakes. Yes, I do own a car dealership, new car dealership in Greenville, Tennessee. And uh, it had, we sell um, Fords and Nissans. Now, that's not the only car dealership I've ever been involved in. At one time, I was the owner or part owner of five different new car dealerships. And that was fun at times. You know, the money was good. But my goodness, the sleep was not. So I do sleep better now. Aren't you glad? I am. My wife is. Uh, you know, sometimes when you walk into the dealership, you have no idea what you're going to face. I guess that's true in any small business. It's kind of a small business. We have 65 employees. That's not real small, is it? Um, and they have issues sometimes. Divorces and, you know, uh, unruly children and so forth. They usually don't come and ask for my advice on unruly children. But they do ask for my advice sometimes on divorces. I've been through probably, I don't know, 10 or 12 divorces, never had one myself. Maybe that's why they come to me for advice. But that's what, uh, I think if you're a leader of an organization, you want that, don't you? You want your people to have enough faith and confidence in you to be able to come and ask you for advice. I give a lot of financial advice. i tell you what, I'm going to give you some. If you are under the age of, well, maybe 40 or under, if you're not putting money back for retirement, you're making a big mistake. You know, I started doing that a long time ago, and I invested, I made some bad investments. I invested in, in some community bank stock one time. That's when community banks were the going thing. And if you could get involved in a small bank, you know, the opportunity to double or triple your money in a pretty short period of time, if the bank was successful, uh, was pretty good. There was a, a pretty good track record for that around. Well, you know, our, our bank didn't do so well. And the, the people on the board of directors weren't the, uh, they weren't the banking types. I think the, uh, the guy that founded that bank knew that, and he knew that he could manipulate some people that didn't know what they were really talking about. So we didn't do too well. Matter of fact, I lost a big old chunk out of my 401k. I guess that's something you never really recover from. You said, well, you know, you put more money in and you'll get it back. No, you never recover that. It's gone, and what you could have earned on that is gone. So uh, you know, we get a lot of people who come into the dealership that have just seems like insurmountable problems. At least they've been told that they're insurmountable. Most of them are not. Like the gentleman that came in yesterday evening. He had had uh, some body work done by my body shop. The problem was it was like five years or five, six years ago, and uh, I don't have a body shop anymore. But he came over to the dealership, and he wanted to talk to me. 
And I said, I'll be happy to talk to him. So I went out and met him in the showroom and went outside and looked at his vehicle. And it shouldn't have done that. It was uh, basically the paint had released from the metal. It could be where some, uh, some body filler had been used. It was on the tailgate. I took one look at it and looked at him, and I said, you know, that shouldn't have done that, even, in, even if it was five or six years. I'll take care of that for you. Now, how many businesses would do that? I'm not bragging, but I don't know that a lot of them will um, because they are so focused on what's right in front of them, and they don't like to give any money back. But I've found over the years that if you take care of your customers, even when you really don't hold the responsibility of solving that problem for them, they'll remember that. And uh, I remember Zig Ziglar. Do you ever you ever heard of Zig Ziglar? He was a, I don't know what you'd call it, a motivational speaker, business management guru. But he used to have, he had this saying that said, I get what I want by helping enough other people get what they want. Does that sound greedy or self-serving to you? You know, when you're in business, you want to make money, right? You want to add value to your uh, to your company. You want people to value your company. You want people to have good feelings when they think about you. And one way to do that is to help them get what they want. Because really, it's about you, the customer. It's not about us. Uh, if we do a great job, if we pay attention to your desires, your needs and wants, and we put that first, you're going to sense that, and you're going to reward us for that behavior uh, by doing business with us. And when we let you down in one way or another, you're going to hopefully let us know that. You know, I always talk on this radio show the importance of complaining, but complaining in the right way. So this guy was complaining, and, you know, just based on his attitude, I don't think he thought I was going to do anything. I think he was ready for me to say no. So I just didn't give him the satisfaction. I just said yes. So I have a guy that, that still does body work for me. He's restoring my 65 Mustang convertible right now, but he does other projects for us. And I said, I tell you what, you, you go up to this uh, location and ask for Mickey and show him what you got, and I'll call Mickey and make sure he knows that I'm taking care of it. Um, you know, don't, doing those little things like that will come back to you. I truly believe that. So that's one of the, re- well, that's one of the reasons I do it. You know, other reasons I may never see this guy again, but sometimes you just have to do the right thing, even though it's, um, it costs you money because I think eventually, uh, the goodness will be returned like a boomerang. That's what I've always heard. Okay. I'm going to take my first break and I'll be back here in just a minute. Okay, I am back. One of the biggest marketing goofs that I ever did in the car business uh, was an idea that I got at a at a convention in Las Vegas, and it was called a little pro. Well, the program was called Tires for Life. You ever heard of that? Well, that was a. uh, It sounded good, and so how did somebody get Tires for Life? Well, they bought a car from you. And if they bought a car from you, you said, you promised them that if the tires wore out due to normal wear and tear, uh, and if they followed certain guidelines, like they had to get an, a front-end alignment or four-wheel alignment every year, they had to keep your, their air pressures up, 
you know, they had to do their part as the car owner. I mean, you can't guarantee their tires for life if they're just going to never rotate them and, and not worry about air pressure and stuff like that. So uh, if they did those things, then when the tires wore out down to at least with just like one sixteenth of an inch tread depth, and that's where the tread depth markers, I don't know if you've ever noticed on tires, but there's these little diagonal across the tread. It's not, it's not going with the tread. It's going, I guess, at a 90-degree angle to the tread. Down in the groove, there's these little bumps, and those bumps are one-sixteenth of an inch from, from the surface of the tire. And uh, when the tread depth gets down to that, the, the manufacturer of the tire says, the tires are worn out. Well, I'm here to tell you that they're worn out long before that. If you wait till they get to one sixteenth of an inch, you're going to be slipping and sliding all over the place, especially in the snow and ice, but but even in the rain. Uh, anyway, so that's just a lesson for you there. Don't trust the tread depth gauges on your tire. So the customer had a responsibility, several responsibilities, front end alignment, and they also had to uh, keep the air pressures right, but they also had to have all of their maintenance and repairs, whatever was done to the vehicle, had to be done at the dealership. Now, does that sound like a reasonable request? If you have all these things done and you maintain pressures and get an alignment every year, if your tires wear out, we're going to replace them. Does that sound like a pretty good deal to you? I thought it sounded like a good deal. A lot of our customers did too. Here was the problem, or should I say the problems. Number one, a lot of people... They don't have time to bring it to your shop, so they, they drop in while they're at the beach and get their oil changed someplace else. Bang, they're off the program by the rules. Okay, let's say that they have all their service work done at, at your place, but they don't check their air pressures, and they hit a curb, you know, and it knocks, their, knocks the vehicle out of alignment, and they wear out their right front tire, you know, to where the steel cord is sticking out of it. And they come to you and said, I want my free tire. Well, they're off the program because it didn't doesn't cover collision, doesn't cover you banging into something, didn't cover the tire because you didn't keep it inflated. And, you know, if you stray for service, you get it serviced someplace else. Um, we're not going to be able to pay for your tires because the one way that we were going to pay for their tires was to have the regular service done at the dealership. You know, we would have a certain amount of profit margin in the repairs that we did or the maintenance that we did. So we could, you know, after somebody driving a car for 50,000 miles, then we would have enough money in the fund to pay for a new set of tires for them. Didn't work that way. People got nothing but mad because the people would come in and they have, hit something, and, and, you know, like I said, the right front tire is completely worn out. And you say, well, this was caused because of a collision. I knew there had to be a catch to that tires for life thing where they would come into the service department for their new tires. You haven't seen those people in, in like four years, and uh, they come in to get their free tires because their tires are worn out. Well, sir, you've never been into our shop. You were supposed to bring it in here and get it serviced on a regular basis. I knew there was some catch to this. It's just another example of people not reading the contract. And then you pull it out, and they think you're playing some kind of funny games with them. It was an absolute disaster. What was even worse is when I sold several of the dealerships, one of the dealerships that I sold had Tires for Life. 
And most people knew that, you know, I'm on all the TV commercials and all that stuff. So they knew that I was the owner of the dealership. But now the only dealership that I was involved with out of the five that had Tires for Life was dealership A. Well, that's one of them that I sold. I'm not there anymore. And that dealership didn't have to do Tires for Life if they didn't want to. Oh, boy. They would hunt me down. Like, for example, when I had the the Ford dealership, which I still have now, people came over here for years after I had sold the Chevy store, wanting their tires. Well, you are Lenny Lawson, aren't you? Well, you're the one that, that put that advertisement on there, and I bought my car from you. Well, you actually bought it from that particular Chevrolet dealership. Well, you owned it, didn't you? You know, <laughs> folks, I, I learned a valuable lesson. Never do anything for life. Well, with, with few exceptions, like committing to stay married. You know, some of my divorced counseling, counseling sessions could have been solved had they followed that rule. You know, now a lot of dealerships, including us, are doing a lifetime powertrain warranty. Are there stipulations to that warranty? You betcha. There's stipulations to everything. Every offer that you see comes with fine print, right? So it's important to understand those things when you leave. Like if you were to come to, to Gateway Ford or Gateway Nissan, my dealerships, and buy a new vehicle, it comes with a lifetime powertrain warranty. Now, it does come with a factory warranty as well. Who backs that? That's right, Ford and Nissan. I don't back it. They pay me to do the the service work on the vehicle, but I'm not providing the warranty. They are. And if somebody comes in and they have an alternator go bad while the vehicle's under the manufacturer's warranty, we order an alternator, install it, and the customer gets a zero bill. They get a copy of of the repair order, And I send the bill to Ford, and Ford pays me for replacing that alternator. That's how a warranty works. And when does that expire? Well, it expires after three years or 36,000 miles, whichever comes first. If you have 37,000 miles on your car and you bring it in for a, a repair and you want it covered under warranty, you're out of luck unless the dealership goes to bat for you, which we do on a regular basis. Many times we can get things covered outside of the warranty. But, you know, we don't have to do that, and a lot of dealerships choose not to. Now, why would they choose not to? I don't know. I can't can't fathom it. I mean, if I have a customer that wants a, a repair done, and I have a chance of getting it covered under warranty, and they think it's going to come out of their pocket, what do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to make a call to Ford and say, hey, let's take care of these people, because I'm getting them what they want. What do I want? I want their continued loyalty and business. I'm taking care of my customers. They're family members, kind of. But, you know, it's, it's so, it exasperates me, uh, some of the treatment that I hear of by a lot of dealers. It's just like, I mean, when the people go out of warranty, it's like they're done with them. You know, they wash their hands with them. Now, if you have, uh, uh, let's say you buy a Hyundai, I think they have a, powertrain warranty up maybe 10 years, 100,000 miles, or maybe that's Kia. I can't keep track of all of them. That is guaranteed by the manufacturer. And I don't think that warranty is transferable. I think just the three years, 36,000 um, bumper-to-bumper warranty. There you, there you go again. Bumpers aren't covered. You know, these warranties, they say bumper-to-bumper. It does not cover everything. There are certain exclusions. Make sure that when you buy a car, you understand what the warranty is and what your responsibilities are. 
if you don't, I don't care what kind of product you buy. If you buy a refrigerator and and don't take care of it, then if you try to file a warranty claim, they can deny it. Uh, there's a lot of people who have their warranty claims denied at car dealerships. One of the most common is when they when people install these uh, little computers on their cars to make them run faster, or you know, change the fuel and air mixture on the car. Um, those things are will void a warranty. If somebody lifts a vehicle beyond the manufacturer's recommendations, like we've got one out on our lot right now, it's a used vehicle and it's not under warranty anymore, but the guy put a six-inch lift kit on it. I mean, if that were under warranty and he came in and his transmission was worn out or his rear differential was screaming uh, and whining, making all kinds of noise, it would not be covered. But it's under warranty. Well, it's not under warranty because of what you did. You have a responsibility. So that Tires for Life program haunted me for years. I bought a lot of tires. And I probably made a few people mad, and I'm sorry for that. But, you know, they did have their part. They had to maintain the vehicle, and that was another issue. People have uh, different ideas about automotive maintenance. With the Tires for Life program, and if you're on one of those programs, my sympathies. But if you're on one of those programs, you, you need to follow the maintenance schedule. I don't know what their requirement is, but you need to know what it is. And in most cases, uh, you had to follow the manufacturer's recommended maintenance, no more, no less, and you had to do it at that dealership, and you missed one oil change. They could throw you off the program. So what are you going to do when you go in there and you missed an oil change and they throw you off the program? You're probably never going to go back. And I don't know if I would either. But it is a rules, you know, my dad used to say good fences make good neighbors, and, and that's a fence. You know, you've got to know what, what the requirements are, what your responsibilities are. If you don't follow the rules, uh, you, you may end up getting disappointed. But, you know, people just don't read stuff. I mean, they, they buy a car. I've got a guy that bought an F-150 for me, and I bet he's been back to the dealership five or six times just to figure out how to work everything on it. And uh, we have gone over the, with him. I mean, I've even been in his car, and he still comes back. But what, why don't you read the owner's manual? Well, you know, I just, I'm just i more of a visual kind of a guy. Okay, well, just keep coming back then. But, you know, just what I always do recommend to folks when they buy a new car, uh, let's say you buy a car during the week, and then it's Saturday morning. You get up, and you eat your pancakes and your cinnamon toast crunch or whatever. You go out in the driveway. You get the owner's manual out, and you start reading, and you find out how everything works. Now, granted, some of these infotainment systems, they used to call those radios and air conditioning controls, but they are complicated, and they have all these different things, and then you want to hook up Google what is it, Google's uh, CarPlay, or Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, I think it's what it's called. Then that even complicates things even more. But understanding how things work. Uh, another gentleman, I sold an F-152, and I don't know whether the salesperson didn't ever show him, but he didn't realize that he had uh, massaging seats in that vehicle. And just one day he came in for service, I said, well, hey, I like those massaging seats. I don't know how we got on that subject. He said, massaging seats what are you talking about no really so we go out and i show him the massage oh my goodness he was so happy that's pretty nice to have massaging seats especially when you've been dri driving down a road for like two or three hundred miles and your fanny gets a little sore and uh, you know they'll they'll do something for you they'll make you 
relax and feel comfortable. I'm not going to go there. Okay, I'll be back in just a minute. You know, you always got to be careful with some of these features because they can uh, make you relax too much, like massaging seats. My heated seats can put me to sleep if I'm not careful. But I did. I, I bought a new F-150. I think I mentioned this the other day and sold mine to a doctor friend of mine. And it had heated steering wheel, too. And it had those. It was another vehicle that had massaging seats. I had to show him how those worked. He was pleasantly surprised. But the um, the heated uh, heated seats are wonderful. But the heated steering wheel, folks. If my hands are warm, I'm warm all over. My new truck doesn't have heated steering wheel. They had to take it off. Apparently, that they prioritized features on vehicles so they could build more vehicles because of the chip shortage. And apparently, it takes some chips. I can understand chips to to massage you, but I can't understand. I mean, how many chips do you need to make a a steering wheel get warm? Makes no sense to me, but I miss that. But I'll get over it. I I didn't have it for, how old am I, 66 years. I can live without it. So anyway, thanks for listening to this edition of My Car Guru. I'm available, 423-552-2020. That's my cell phone number. You can text me. A lot of people, more people are texting me now, which is good. If you call and leave a voicemail message, it may take a little bit longer for me to get to you. You can also email me at Lenny, L E N N I E, Lawson, L A W S O N, 2020 at gmail.com, and I'll get back with you. You know, if you want, want to know what a car is worth, you're getting ready to go trade someplace and you don't want to uh, buy what I sell, that's fine. You know, if you're going to buy a Honda or a Toyota or a Hyundai or something, and you have a vehicle, you want to know what it's worth, I'll give you some ammunition anyway. And, um, I mean, basically, if if it were to, to pass my inspection, I'd write you a check for it. So that's a pretty good offer, isn't it? That's better than somebody wearing you out on Facebook Marketplace with offers and non, non-offers. Just call me or email me, and I'll be glad to help you. Also, we'll pull a free vehicle history report for you. So rather than you paying to have that done and and you pay and you don't even get to see all the information and you don't know how to interpret it, I do. So you can send me the VIN, the 17-digit VIN number. That's all I need. And I can pull the history on that vehicle and tell you if it's ever been wrecked, tell you if it was maintained properly. Where did it originate? Is it a vehicle from New York or did it come from Florida? Is it a flood-damaged car? You know, there's a lot of things you can learn from a vehicle history report. And if it's a, uh, a Ford or a Nissan, I can also pull the warranty history on it. Would you want to buy a vehicle that's been a troublesome vehicle for the customer while they had it, while it was under warranty? I wouldn't. So that's why you need a guru like me. Well, thanks again, and uh, we'll see you next time.